this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, Lee. Sorry, can't can't hear you. You can hear us. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely can. We fixed those problems. We we have. Um, sorry that we didn't do a show last week, but we didn't really we have any. Years. We didn't have anything oh. to talk about, did we? Well, we did, but we just we were all. You would have had a shit podcast, and no podcast is better than a shit one. That I agree. Yeah, it would. We were better saving all our thoughts to try and do something good this week, and hopefully, could, hopefully, have more thoughts as well because there was a race in between. Yes. Can we not talk this podcast up though, just in case this is shit? Too? <laughs> it's going to be better than last week's would have been because we're all awake. That's true. This time last week, I was asleep. Some, somebody, somebody keep me Well, this was worth the wait, wasn't it? This oh, was really? Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> so, how's the last fortnight been for everyone? Tiring. Uh, getting your energy sorted out for TT. All ready to go and rage for two weeks solid. No. Or no. complain about the amount of traffic when you're trying to get to work. That's the best. Bit. No. See, I've never, I don't think I've ever complained about the amount of traffic. It's just, well, I probably have, but uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. It's, it's, it's temporary. You know what I mean? Just a couple of weeks time, no one's going to care anymore. Yeah, true, I suppose. Um, we have been asked to get as much extra TT content in as we can, and fortunately, I'm off work during race week, so I'll be out and about with camera, video camera, voice recorder. May even, do, may even get around to doing that special three legs, two wheels podcast we've been talking about for. Oof. How many years? Well, not the last. For forever. Not the last. Yeah. Not the last two, obviously. But what about if you do something on sidecars? Three legs, three wheels. There you go. Three legs and a fewer number of wheels than normal. That really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, right then, Spanish Grand Prix, the the home of testing and usually the home of a parade. Well, you say that. If most people say it's usually a boring race, I don't. Recall any race being like Paul Ricard levels of shit, but at the same time, that's the problem though because Paul Ricard has brought brought a whole new level of shit to F one. Mm. But last year's Paul Ricard was all right. This is true. So, yeah, I don't know. Like the Spanish Grand Prix is it's 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 all right. It's, it's this, this year, one was was particularly good. I was and say, I this think, year's definitely all right. Yeah, and I think if anything, it's testament to the fact that these new rules work. Yep, one hundred percent. That's that's the, my takeaway from this whole whole race. Yep. Yeah, because they they tested there, they've gone back there, and oh, it still works. So, <laughs> so no, um, nobody's found any major loopholes yet. No, well, that's it. But what what it made me think, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later on when we go through the teams. But the um, the battle that. Uh, Max Verstappen had with George Russell I think that shows we are almost to a situation where people where they can start toying with the idea of getting rid of DRS because he could still follow he spent the he, I, I think if he see if DRS wasn't an issue and it wasn't a thing that they spent a lot of time going oh it's not working uh, why don't you try this why don't you try that if he knew he didn't have DRS it would have forced him to have to try and get past the old-fashioned way. Um, and I, I don't think we're, we're far away from that point where we'll be, we'll be going, do we still need this? 
Well, haven't haven't the cars been designed so that they can um, they can work with it as well as without it? Well, yeah. It's, the, the argument is that the cars have been designed, haven't they, aerodynamically, to incorporate DRS into it. But at the same time, if you just stop them from opening that flap, what are they going to do? Yeah. Have a closed flap. <laughs> the, have the a strop about of... having a closed flap. <laughs> the, the whole idea of uh, having DRS this year was if um, if the racing was dead, dead good, they could have got rid of it, I think. But it's it, it's in till 20, is it 2026 DRS is in till mm-hmm. officially? I so. Yeah. I think it's officially, but with the proviso R- that they, can, change, they can remove it before then. Well, possibly, but you know, all you do is you just cut the DRS zones down, don't you? There's usually two at each race circuit. Maybe just have one short DRS zone if they think they still need it. But I think the conversation—it is time for that conversation. DRS was given as a as a tool to get closer to the cars in front, way back. Like oh Christ, when did they start using it? 2010, 2011. Something um, like that. It was 20, it was twenty eleven because McLaren had the F duct in twenty ten. Yeah, and that's what proceeded to, to make them think about DRS. Yes. So, so twenty eleven. So we've had we've had all all the racing since then has had some kind of DRS, and uh, it has been used as an overtaking tool. Sometimes it's not powerful enough. Sometimes it's too powerful. Um. But that was in an era where cars weren't able to follow each other super closely because of turbulent air, etc. Too much um, over-the-top aerodynamics rather than what we've got now, which is a mixture of both over-the-top and, and a little bit of ground effect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, it's less... I mean, it's still prominent. It's still going to work when they use it, but it's is it, is it still necessary? Um if they're going to get rid of it within two or four years, however long it's in for, then now is the time to open up that conversation. But they can only, up the, only open up the conversation if they're within a second of the conversation in front. I'll get me caught. Oh, dear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Don't big this podcast up too much. <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking something there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, on on the whole, I think we had um we, we had a pretty pretty good race. It was yeah, it was decent, wasn't it? Yeah, I've seen I've seen, I've seen a lot more dull Spanish Grand Prix. I mean it it wasn't up to the excitement of um ten years ago. He was there though, wasn't he? <laughs> the winner from ten years ago. He was there. He was in the garage. <laughs> He did a video for their socials, thanking them for their um, support ten years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support all that time ago. Hmm. Strange one. But... I, I did. I did hear a conspiracy theory last week actually about the garage fire after he won. Um, which... burn, burn the evidence. Yes, <laughs> it was started deliberately because that car wasn't a hundred percent legal. <laughs> and uh, the win was. Oh come on, we can't do that to Pasta. And the, and the win was kind of gifted because it was Frank Williams' seventieth birthday that week. Oh. <laughs> it, I mean, like it answers some questions. <laughs> it's not without merit. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you, what you got to remember? If you take away the word Williams and replace it with the word Ferrari, we wouldn't be questioning that that would be a thing that could have happened. So Yeah, <laughs> and if you take away all of it and say Pastor Maldonado beat Fernando Alonso at his home Grand Prix, it, it, it also puts it into perspective a little bit more as well. <laughs> but you, what you got to remember is with the... Uh, with that particular race, did Pastor Maldonado not choose to run a ridiculously low amount of downforce, given that the Williams was quite draggy that year anyway? Uh, and he was he was easily the fastest car on the straight. So the only overtaking opportunity in F1 2012 would have been down that back straight. But no mm. one could have caught him anyway. He mm. had a really decent qualifying. I think he qualified third or fourth. And a car, I think a car got a penalty, and then Hamilton got disqualified from qualifying, so he found himself on the front row, and that was it. He was, he was. I think he did. He pass Fernando in the pit stops. I think. I, don't I, know. I think. I think he might have done. Yeah, I think he passed Fernando Alonso in the pit stops because I remember thinking, "Oh, cool, that's really funny." Fernando will get him back in a minute, <laughs> and it just never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm going to go with that whole thing. He passed him in the pit lane because I don't want to live in a world where Fernando Alonso got passed on track by Pastor Maldonado. I simply don't want to exist. I don't remember an on track pass. I think it must have been in the pits. In in my head, Maldonado started from pole. He started from pole. I thought he started from second. I'm sure he started from pole. pole. He um, he inherited it because of the Hamilton thing, but I'm sure he he started Mm. from pole. Right, let's. We're going back ten years. We could be hazy. <laughs> let's have a look. You might be let's absolutely spot on. But, uh... Uh, yeah. Maldonado started from pole. Qualified. Well, there's a useless bit of trivia I've held on to for ten Quali- years. Qualified second, but Lewis was um, disqualified because didn't have enough fuel left after after qualifying. Mm. Crazy times. Wow. wow, Noreen Carter Kayan was in that race. Only only by dint of the stewards letting him in, because he was outside <laughs> 107% by nearly three seconds. Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the cutoff time was 128.3. He got a 131.1. Is that an HRT? Yes. Yeah, he was um, three and a half seconds slower than Pedro de la Rosa in the other HRT. Wow. Who hasn't aged. No, he still looks 36. I don't know how old he is, but I think he looked 36 when he was 26, to be fair. And apparently now he's 51. Good God, am I older than him? I, I would guess so. Well, <laughs> I don't know, it's on Wikipedia. And, you know, you, can, you, have, you have to question these things. Of course. Um, so, yes, this year's Spanish Grand Prix. To the, t- to the teams. Um, first up, winners of the Giovinazzi Participation Award. Williams. Sorry, actually, winners of a Giovinazzi Participation Award, for there are some this week. Well, hang on a second. We did see Alex Albon pulling off overtakes, but I don't know if it was just strategy, but we didn't appear to see an awful lot of Williams on, on screen. Mm. Albon did pull off some overtakes, but then kept having to go into the pits to change his tyres, and he actually finished last. Did he not get a penalty yes. as well? Uh, there was a five-second penalty for multiple off-tracks. Uh-huh. 
That might be how he was doing the overtakes. Mm, I've got to say yes. <laughs> but it was it was just a thoroughly anonymous race, wasn't it? I don't particularly remember anything of them. No, I don't I don't actually think there was anything particularly notable or unnotable. Mm, I think the only didn't thing crash. notable is the fact that uh, Albon didn't do anything and we're kind of used to seeing Albon do something these days, aren't we? Usually, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a Yeah, there is that. Yeah, a couple of seconds off the pace in um, in Q1. And Albon didn't actually lose a place because of the penalty. He was 18th on track. Oh, fair enough. Um, yeah, it was. there were just... They were as anonymous as a blue and white Sauber. Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's much more you can say. (laughs) Um, Haas promised so much. Yeah, Magnussen looked like he was going to be on for a good day, didn't he? Until he uh, had a little skirmish with the gravel. Um, And yeah, skirmish with the gravel and and Lewis's tire. Yes. Well, yes. But what was everyone standing on that? Because I, I've got to be honest, okay? I, at first, I thought, oh, no, what they, you know, that, that that's unfortunate for, for both guys. Like, what happened there? And then I watched the replay, and I went, oh, Magnussen just drove into Lewis Hamilton. But then the guys on this commentary were saying that Hamilton understeered into Magnussen. And I was like, there was, like, most of the track to the left of them. Mm. I don't know why Magnussen chose to go that close to Lewis yeah. Hamilton. It, well, it was just sort of race what uh, lap one excitement, I think, wasn't it? It mm. was. Yeah, but there just appeared to be a lot of space that Magnussen chose not to drive into. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it felt a bit like the... Um, I don't want to dunk on Magnussen again. He's done a great job since he came back, but... yeah. Yeah, but, but it, that... it felt a bit like Hamilton Verstappen at Silverstone, didn't it? That sort of incident, like utterly avoidable. Yeah, totally mm, avoidable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Very strange. Very, very strange. I thought anyway. Yeah, I, I, I put it down to I wouldn't say racing incident, but I think they were both equally to blame. Yeah, just both. Yeah, a little bit, little bit overexcited at the start and not really thinking about the fact that they still had, what, 60-odd laps to do after that? Yeah, I mean, K-Mag got a good start, and that's why he was yeah. up alongside Hamilton. Because it was it was front wheel to front wheel. Mm-hmm. And two, car- two cars aiming for exactly the same bit of track before the tyres have heated up properly. Yeah, it's never going to end well. No. And then Mick... Gets in, gets into Q three after you know after sitting in the charred remains of a car. Yes, thinking he's going to get the points. He's going to get the points. He didn't get the points. It was his strategy, though, wasn't it? Let's be mm. honest. He was put on a two stop, and it looked really good, but then couldn't look after the tires. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, no points again for Mick. It's coming though, isn't it? Let's be honest. And if you'd said this time last year that Mick Schumacher might be on the verge of scoring points, you'd have been or you know, in a Haas, at least. If, I think if, it's more the car, though, isn't it? If somebody had said this time last year that Mick Schumacher would be the second second highest Haas driver in the championship. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair as well, because, well, you wouldn't have expected anything that has <laughs> happened to have happened. No, and in F1, it usually 
does because it's if spelt backwards. Trying to get a double, yeah. double Murrayism in the same sentence never really goes well, does it? No, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite as positive on the old Mick Schumacher side of things. You know, it's uh, Magnussen's proved that car can go further up the grid, and uh, he's desperately trying to scratch a point somewhere. Looks his way into um, Q3. You know, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't see any good. Any good news stories there? Even if he does manage to scratch himself a point somewhere, he's going to get clearly put in his box over the course of the season by Magnussen. Um, and unfortunately, I think we're going to get a we're going to have a, another seat in Formula One wasted until his name finally lets him down, and someone decides that it's better to have a decent Formula One driver in the car than somebody that can sell hats. Well, like Fernando. Maybe. <laughs> I still think uh, Mick is going to end up in Ferrari at some point. Uh, not a chance. More chance of me driving Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is the, the issue as well is that they, they've got rid of a few, haven't they, at Ferrari in their driver's academies. There's no one, I don't think, in F2 at the moment from Ferrari that would be like, hello, I need an F1 seat. So he's, he not... is probably safe enough there for the time being. He's safe enough there as far, but I think to get into um, to get into Ferrari, I just don't yeah. see it because it, it, they're, they're not the team either. It's not like Red Bull that feel the need to promote from inside. You know, the mm. Ferrari are quite happy to leave their their drivers out to starve while they try and go hunting for a world champion. I still think there's a chance uh, Lewis Hamilton will drive a Ferrari before that. They, um, technically, they've still got Giovinazzi on the books. Well, yeah. you never know. <laughs> He's the reserve driver, isn't he? Still, I think, I think. he is officially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it could happen. We we could get literally the second coming, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it would be Jesus comes again. <laughs> we all saw that bulge. <laughs> that was ungodly. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we just move on to Aston Martin, who I think deserve a participation award as well? The Lime Red Bull. Right. Well, it's did, clearly what, what not, is it? <laughs> did you see Red Bull tweeting about drinking Green Edition all weekend? Yeah. If I'm they, not having this. No, if, they, if they've copied it, they've clearly not done a very good job. They copied it with crayons, didn't yeah. they? They have. They've, they've looked at it. It's like a knockoff handbag. It might look the part from a distance, but it's clearly not <laughs> as good. Well, they you, had. You, you look, at, you look at the label, and it says gushy. Yeah. yeah. They had to. Um, they had to open the vents on one side of the car, so they just. They had. Uh, they didn't expect it to be as hot as it is. Mm. So, so they just had to destroy all the aero balance on that car. So, I, I actually think that low key. When you look at where Seb was running, um, I think it looks good for Aston Martin, considering they destroyed their car to make sure it didn't blow up. Uh, I don't. How, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a bit lost to how you you thought because you did, would, what, what looks good for for Aston because Martin. Because if, oh, if yeah. Sebastian Vettel was running just outside the points, um, in a car that was massively aero compromised. Because it, because they couldn't, they just couldn't run the race without drilling those. Did you see the the extra vents they put in the car? Yes. 
Um, I think when they use that car again and they've got some more knowledge of it and they can run it with a, an optimized aero package, which they haven't had to fucking cut into over the weekend, um, I think they're going to find themselves popping themselves back up into the like upper midfield. People in green uniforms have been seen rooting for Adrian Newey's bins this morning. <laughs> I'm, I, I do, I, I, I'm not having the old pink, uh, the old green um, Red Bull either because I, I don't believe that, like they said they've been, they, they were building that uh, since, like, did, did they say November that, that that car was in the wind tunnel? Yeah. Um, they've hired some of Red Bull Red Bull staff, so I get the IP thing. Mm-hmm. You, but I, I don't understand. I don't know how you can. It's a similar uh, concept, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how you can t- how they can turn around and say, "Oh, well, that's our IP." Like, no, it's you, you've had a designer that used to work for you that thought it was a good idea, and lo and behold, when that designer went somewhere else, he still thinks his idea is a good idea. Um, and and this this idea that they've turned around and said, "Oh, well, some of the bits on that car we only started running like." a couple of races ago. Austin Martin didn't knock a Red Bull up in four weeks. You know, it's not it's not like they saw that and go, oh, we should just go home and make that. But I, I just find it really weird the whole the whole green Red Bull thing. Well yeah, it's nowhere near as fast. <laughs> it is nowhere near as fast. But I tell you, I, I do I think I, I think there's like positivity from that race for them. Mm. Who did Stroll trip over? Was it Gasly? I think it was. I mean, the cut, yeah. the cut to him backwards at one point. So, <laughs> you know, we're expecting him and Latifi to come together because they were, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they they were nearly on the same piece of track a, a few times. But you know, that would have been the ultimate Canada celebration. I don't know that bringing a uh, to, just to counter Lee's point. Not not disagree, just to counter. No, uh, it's uh, take it. politely it's, disagree. Yeah, absolutely. With um, all due respect, <laughs> and no offense intended, bringing a B spec car and getting no further results with it, um, is essentially wiping the board clean and starting again after six races. Um, it's hard to put a positive spin on that when everybody else is already six races down the road with development when you starting from point one again. I think, like I say, I think if the if the temperature hadn't caught everybody out and clearly caught them out the worst, I'd uh, I'd agree with you. But I do. I think I think maybe next weekend we'll see something. We'll see something more of what that car's got to offer. I don't think it's going to be like pink Mercedes level uh, because that, I mean, that, that wasn't even stealing somebody's IP. That was an agreement. They were, <laughs> they were just given the plans for that. Um, but yeah, well, I, they I, weren't, but the, they kind of were. <laughs> no, because we're like, well, we, we had scarves on, if you remember, after yeah. the pink Mercedes thing. And he said the aero planes at the top. The outer skin of that car is very, very similar, if not mm. almost identical to the Mercedes. Yeah. But underneath, it's still very much the Force India Racing Point, whatever you want to call it. Um, that it's just it's just the top level skin that they they, they changed. 
I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, you, you, the teams do get accused of ripping off others if they go for a, if they switch mid-season mm-hmm. to a similar aero concept. You know, what, again with the uh, with the Aston Martin, what you know, what's going on under the carbon fibre, maybe or out of sight, maybe completely and utterly different. Mm. And judging, you know, judging by the um, by the performance, I think what was going on under there was fan heaters. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Red Bull didn't have a cooling issue, as far as we were aware. Mercedes, I think, did a little bit. Maybe it's a power unit thing. Yeah, I mean, that was um, that was sort of from about two-thirds in with Mercedes, wasn't it, when George was mm-hmm. saying, are these cool car warnings serious? That was... Uh, oh, yeah, that was much earlier in the race, I think. But mm. then, uh, like, the last couple of laps, yeah, apparently right they the had end. a water league, both of them. Um, but we'll get onto that later on. It's but but yeah, power unit wise, it could have been it could have been the fact that that Aston Martin run Mercedes power units. Um, but also, don't forget that Red Bull will cool their even though the aero surfaces might be quite similar. Like I said, if they've copied it, they've copied it with a crayon. Um, so the um, yeah, even though the aero surfaces might be quite similar, they've. Um, you know, the internal cooling is going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. So if they're still using the internal cooling for their old-shaped car, the one they brought with them for the first few races, uh, might not be adequate enough for what they need in this shaped car. Yeah, we'll, um, I think we'll prob- probably see um, see something different or something that works from them in Baku. There's no point bringing upgrades to Monaco. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 no. They'll probably all put old engines back in for Monaco and everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, right. Next up, AlphaTauri. Um, a non-yucky day for Yuki. Yeah, he did all right, didn't he? Very anonymous. He, he did but okay. Got the job done. He did all right, but I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something about AlphaTauri here oh. that might not prove very popular. Oh. I think they have got the worst car on the grid. I thought you were gonna say I think they sell reasonably priced clothes for their fashion brand. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a lie. <laughs> I think Alpha Tauri got the worst car on the grid. Um, it often suffers from reliability problems. Mm-hmm. The porpoising, everybody concentrated on the, how bad the porpoising was with Mercedes, but now they've kind of cut the edge off that over the last two races. It's really obvious how bad Alpha Tauri is porpoising, and they don't have any answer for it. Uh, Ferrari has sort of dialed it out a little bit on their car. Alpine totally dialed it out. There doesn't appear to porpoise at all whatsoever. Same with McLaren. Um, and yeah, yeah, AlphaTauri have, have gone backwards this year, completely backwards. And we've heard nothing from them in regard to um, development or making fixes on it. Mm-hmm. I think as well where they're sort of struggling at the moment is we haven't had a huge number of sort of super ghastly performances, which maybe flattered last year's car a bit. While I think at the same point we're thinking like, oh, Yuki Tsunoda, is he, isn't he quite right? Whereas this year they're a bit closer together, but it's, they, Gasly has come backwards to Tsunoda rather than Tsunoda has caught Gasly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it just seems very odd how we know Pierre Gasly is one of the most sought after drivers and we don't really know Yuki Tsunoda because he's such a such a firecracker. He can be on it one week and then not on it the next. Um, that could either be pace or gravel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 
it's, it's, you can't measure. I don't think. I think it's very difficult to measure where that AlphaTauri is, and purely on what's happening to Pierre Gasly lately, I think it's a very poor car. I mean, he certainly didn't get a great deal out of it this week. I mean, all right, I think he lost. He lost a place when he tripped over Stroll. Or Stroll tripped over him, or they tripped over each other. Well, he he, he did the tripping. He, he got a penalty places, for it. He? Yeah, he uh, lost places and he got a penalty. He was he was at fault. Because don't forget when uh, when the director cuts to Stroll, it's only after the event, whatever the event may be. <laughs> no, no, it's during the event that we might see. But the, oh my god, this looks like it might be an overtake. Cut to Lance Stroll going over. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can say about AlphaTauri's performance again this week because they participated. There's a lot of these participation awards mm. going out. We're, we're running out of fake clip-on ponytails to present. Is that the participation award? It's either a clip-on ponytail or a clip-on man bun, depending out on uh, how Joe Benazzi has his hair on a particular weekend when he's being reserve driver. He usually has it down, doesn't he, as a reserve driver? I think he does normally have it down when it's not going under a helmet. Oh, no, there's been, there's been man bun sightings this oh, season okay. in the garage. I have not personally sighted the man bun. <laughs> Usually gets covered up by a hat. Um, right, McLaren. Lee, do you want to do your weekly? Ricardo's finished. He is, though, isn't he? It's not going well for him. <laughs> it does it. To say that he well... couldn't compete with someone who's, like, dying of tonsillitis. It's not ideal. And no. apparently, according to those who had access to McLaren's uh, team radio during the race, and I'm sure some listeners will be those people, uh, was violently sick during the race. Ugh, uh, in his helmet. Point, yeah, where his team, his, his team offered to him to retire. Uh, he, he just did not respond and carried on racing. <laughs> Possibly because he guy. had chunks of vomit in his radio. I suppose someone's got to score the points for them. <laughs> Daddy's got to bring it home. I mean, God, I've, had, I've had tons of lights before. I've never thrown up with it. I suppose you've got to think how hot it was. You're dehydrated. Mm. You're a bit fevery anyway. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. You do about you're, 6G yeah, now. Yeah, you're again. porpoising. <laughs> yeah, I can understand if he's had some meds and whatnot. He might, it might have all just churned into a wonderful well, concoction. We, we were told that he wasn't on the driver parade, mm-hmm. but he was. He I was know. sat under an umbrella at the front of the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was mistaken for an umbrella. <laughs> no, have you not seen the picture of Lando on the... I have not. Lando Norris is on the driver parade just after they hiding. announced on TV that he was missing from the driver parade. He just sat on the floor underneath an umbrella for the whole parade. If you go on Twitter, you'll find it. I will, I will have a look for this. Oh, I'm, I'm amused. I'll have a look for that one and uh, share that if possible. But, um, yeah, on the um, non-sick side of the garage. Hang on, we're talking about chundering, then we're moving on to an Australian. There's something wrong with the universe. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Ricardo, it's, it's not looking great. Have you, have you found Lando and his brolly? I haven't. Twitter is not He is very well hidden. Very hard to see him. I searched specifically for Lando Norris umbrella and it was just a picture of him carrying his umbrella. I will try driver parade. Oh, is, it, is, it, is it like that uh, Twitter account uh, that there is no cat in this image? That's a great Twitter account, by the way. I would highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find mm-hmm. him. But, yeah, um, Danny is just not I mean, this this is the first year at Renault all over again, but I think it's a bit worse. Well, yeah, because it's not his first year. 
This is a team yeah. you yeah. should be slightly comfier with by now. Yeah, it's his second year. Um, and he's moving every race. Seems to be like a false dawn for him. Mm. Like, yeah, Danny Ricardo. And then as the race goes on, it's like, oh, Danny Ricardo. And then uh, at the end of the race, you, you, you just, I don't know. He didn't seem too downcast, though, did he, about everything? But that's almost worrying, isn't it? If, if yeah. he's not asked that he's finishing behind someone who probably shouldn't have really been in the car. It's not just that. It's not like he just finished behind him either. Mm. Yeah, he, he, know, he, he, was, he wasn't. He went backwards. Yeah, there was another, yeah. There was another three cars between them. I don't think yeah. there was any sort of shenanigans as far as I know. I don't think he got punted or anything. It just, he went backwards. I have now found the picture of Lando Norris. If I didn't know better, I would say he was hanging. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a real like, like no, no one, no one is to talk to me now. Thank you. <laughs> there, is the only... a, there is a Lando in this image. <laughs> Allegedly, the only driver to check on him through the parade was Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, in the photo <laughs> I've got, Lewis is sort of hovering in the background, like, should I, should I go and see if he's dead? <laughs> okay, like, you okay, mate? Are you all right down there? I didn't. I didn't know about the um, <coughs> about the throwing up in the helmet. That's that is impressive. That's that's possibly driver Again, of the day material. That's that's unconfirmed and only uh, through social media. Um, but I don't have access to uh, McLaren's radio during races. If anyone does, perhaps they can put it in a little bit more context for us. I think I'd con- like that. I think the context was um, sort of raw sounding. Yeah, do you remember Mark Webber when he threw up in his helmet <laughs> on team radio? Does anybody remember that? I don't I know. I do not. You seem to have a, yeah. a real a real knack for finding out about the yeah. vomit. Yeah, Mark Webber was sick in his helmet once. James Hunt famously every race. That's because James Hunt used used to have a hangover and eat foie gras before every race. I that might be what it is, yeah. yeah he I, turned up I've read He did th- turn up hanging. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read the official biography, and there's a lot of mention of hangovers, foie gras, and bath in that. Is that the shunt? Yes. Yeah, I've got that. It's a good book, isn't it? It is. Yeah, well worth a read if yeah. you've um, yeah. if you haven't read it. It's um, James Hunt. I think he can say was definitely of his time. Yes, that's a polite <laughs> way of saying it. <laughs> But that was back in the days when um, at least one, if not more, of the grid wouldn't uh, wouldn't live to see the end of the season. So I think they had a more more cavalier attitude to well everything. Yeah, four was it the on average four died every every year or it, something. It was something ridiculously high like that. Obviously, in the um, in the in the safer days, yeah, they do take the health a lot more seriously now and. We're about to get a sponsor that's even of uh, some health supplement that's even endorsed by Lewis Hamilton. Oh, no, don't tell everyone it's endorsed by Lewis Hamilton. Because now we will be accused of being Lewis Hamilton fanboys and girls. <laughs> we, get, we, get, we get it anyway. Uh, while we're on Hamilton, what do you think is going to happen about him and his nose ring? Because what's it's it's in Monaco? It's Monaco, he's got to get it out by, isn't it? Yeah. I th- I think if he doesn't take it out, he's going to be told he can't race. He had they, it, that's it's the only option because they've they've said it's on safety grounds. Mm. I, I agree. With, I I heard it was Alex Verts 
uh, I think it was Alex Verts, and he said, "Look, it's uh, in case of like, you know, there's a fire or something in the car. We got to like the safety guys have got to get somebody out of the car. You don't want to be dealing with like melting metal on your face." Yeah. Mm. Jensen Button was talking about this um, when he was in the commentary in Miami for one of the practice sessions. I think it was. And he was saying that, like, he, because of course, underwear is another thing they've cracked down on. You can't have cotton underwear because it melts wrong or something. But he was saying he just, it would never have occurred to him to break that rule in case there is a fire and what happens if it, if it does all basically catch fire. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're wearing cotton underwear and yeah. it catches fire, don't want, don't want to burn your balls off. No. no. I just I find it really strange. Boosted like, be... scrotum is not a nickname you want, really. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like the the amount of support, the amount of uh, I mean, I, I suppose it's a Lewis Hamilton thing, isn't it? So there's there's that group of fans that I, I more so than other other drivers, I think, where I they, they seem to think the man can do no wrong. But um, I just don't I don't get it. I don't even get what the argument is. You know, you've got. The, these rules are there; they're put in place. You're you're taking part in that game, so those rules are the rules of the game that you're taking part in. I d- I don't understand why Lewis Hamilton thinks he's special enough to make the exception for. Well, I mean, the rules have always been there. It's just that they've never been enforced before, and I think that's what that's what it's kicking off about is the whole why now. Thing Grosjean also, catching we, fire is why now? Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's, that's, yeah. The, that's the thing. You know, it's it's the same thing as when, um, like, Senna died. You know, it's what Senna died, and then there was a raft of um, safety safety things brought in. Um, we were lucky that this time that it didn't end in the death of a driver. You know, so that's just it's just where we are now. I find it really weird that it's for the sake of a fucking nose stud. But is it did, is Lewis's argument as well something along the lines of those who are married are allowed to wear their wedding rings? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know if people can wear wedding rings. Yeah. I think that, that's part of his argument, I think. I think I don't know Gro- if, Grosjean how... was wearing his ring when he crashed because it burnt the yeah. finger it was on quite badly. Mm-hmm. You did. Which, again, is possibly you... an advert for maybe not wearing it while you're racing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean what if uh what if um God forbid this happens, but like what if a driver is, you know, as a protest wearing all the chains and the rings mm-hmm. in the car and mm-hmm. a Grosjean thing happens and yeah, that's you know, that could be it could it could cause a severe injury that that, you know prolongs prolongs the pain, should we say. That's all mm-hmm. I'm gonna all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. I don't wanna I don't wanna tempt any fate. <laughs> Um, I, I think the other thing to remember is in other sports, uh, like people wear those black silicon yeah. wedding bands now, don't they? In, ca- in case anything like untoward goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you've still got the band on for mm. reasons, but actually it's not going to be this, a bigger problem as a chunk of metal. Yeah, no, and, I mean, I, I, did, like... I did read. I did read something that um, ceramic jewelry is allowed. Is it? Why? It doesn't melt. Okay. Mm. Heat proof. Fair enough. No, but it will melt your skin if it's hot. It, yeah, it'll burn if it gets hot. That is a fair point. So, problem. I mean, ceramic might be heatproof, but if anybody has taken a bowl of soup out of a microwave before when the hob's not been working, they know that it gets warm. Yeah. Really warm. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but in the but what do you think? Do you think? Do you think you'll? Um, do you think you'll back down on it, or do you think this is going to go go on? I don't. I, I genuinely don't know. Because if they if they back down on it, then everyone else gets to start wearing the wrong pants mm. and whatever jewelry again. That, you can't put his undies on back under. Yeah, his, you can't. Uh, you can't make an exception for one driver. If, oh, come on, though. How funny would it be if Vettel did wear his underwear outside of his? Uh, Outside of his race suit, because because there is no rule saying that he can't. I'm waiting for him and, to turn uh, up with a special helmet in the design of a pair of pants. Uh, but then finishes on the podium in Monaco, and we have one of those weird podiums again, where Vettel has stood there with like his fucking underpants on the outside. Of his <laughs> to be fair, I would quite enjoy that. That would be quite entertaining. <laughs> Silly Monaco podiums are always good. Oh, always, yeah, yeah. David Coulthard, as as we we remind everybody every year. The trying um, to look respectful. <laughs> the embarrassed superhero. Who <laughs> <laughs> then had to give his cape of shame to Christian Horner so he could jump in the in, in the in the swimming pool naked. Uh, his cape of shame. Cape I like of that. shame is a wonderful <laughs> phrase. Uh, somewhere on our website there is that Monaco Memories page that I did a few years back, and it's still got the picture on that. I'll find the link and tweet that out. Because that was yeah, that was idea. that was that was just quality. Um, back back to the more recent past. Um, Alpine. Oh yes. Because they all right. They were yeah. a, They were a thing. Yeah, um, Alonso made more spaces uh, places up in the race than anyone else. I think, mm-hmm. uh, given his starting position. I mean, yeah. obviously not including what happened further up the field. Um, but. Uh, yeah, great great race for Alonso. Ocon did well, but then sort of faded away. I thought Ocon was running like fourth at one point, and I thought, you know what? If the shit hits the fan here, Ocon's on for a podium. Did did Ocon, um, did Ocon two stop? I think he might have done. I I think that uh, might be where it's anyone who two stopped off. did fall backwards. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't see the hard tire. I was surprised at that as well. Appar- nobody uh, went for the hard. Tire. Apparently, it was an absolute sack of cack. <laughs> it's the technical term. Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I can, I can, I can no, Ocon, see that Ocon, now in the Mercedes Ocon, debrief. Ocon did, yeah. Ocon did three stop. It's a sack of cack. <laughs> I think that Sorry, um, there is no we uh, we didn't we definitely didn't use the hard tire because it's uh, it's a sack of cack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mister Dennis. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Ocon. Did three stop, uh, but his last two stops were both for used softs. Oh, apparently Magnussen used a hard tire. Oh, he did. For... Magnussen. Uh, yes, where he... did he finish? Uh, th- towards the arse end after tripping over Hamilton. Yeah, he made no space. Did he damage his car quite badly? Probably. It's yeah. not going to have done it any favours, is it? Yeah, let's have a look. What was his? Uh, what was his fastest lap? Should have all these load, preloaded up. Um, he was the seventeenth fastest lap. It was a seventeenth position. Uh, yeah, his fastest lap was three uh, three seconds slower than uh, than Checo's. Actually, um, nearly three and a half. I think there was damage. Yes. Actually, Vettel was well off the pace as well, looking at it. Must have been the cooling, because he only did a 127.6. That was slower than K-Mag. Wow. That his fastest lap of the race? Yeah. Blimey. A 127.6. And what was the fastest lap? A 124? 124.1. Yeah. 
Hmm, interesting. So, uh, um, yeah, Ocon. Yes, he did. Um, he did three stop, but I think it. I think it may have been down to the used um, used tires that he ran for the last two stints that just didn't have the um, didn't have the pace. Quite possibly, mm-hmm. he did fall away. Like I said, he started off strongly, mm-hmm. but then he he did he did sort of fall away. And Alonso just very quietly. Alonso was the quiet Spaniard this week. He did the Carlos Sainz thing of keep your head down and get on with it. Um, he must have stolen that from Carlos Sainz because <laughs> Carlos Sainz appears to have forgotten how to do that. It's not his um, style, is it this year? No, his style is oh fuck! How do I recover <laughs> from this? <laughs> At least Carlos made lap lap two this time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, baby steps. Um, but yeah, I think Ocon Ocon was sort of pushing on the on maybe on the verge of a podium if things that have things that had sort of worked well, out differently. But then yeah, yeah like he was things. running fourth, as I say. You know, when um, when things had gone all all a bit, I think it was just after things had gone really wrong for Ferrari. Sainz was a bit further down the order and um, Leclerc was no longer in the race. Uh, I think that's when we saw um, Ocon in fourth, I think behind the the double Red Bull Russell thing before the others came back at Ocon. Let's have a look. Uh, I'm just trying to follow. The graphic will be quite obvious because Leclerc will fall off the earth. Yes, I am looking at the graphic. (laughs) He appears to have been fifth just after Leclerc. Oh, hang on, I can't count. Yeah, yeah, he got he got yeah, he got, he got, high, he got as high as fifth, and then uh, fifth was it? Yeah, yeah, behind the Red Bulls, Bottas, and Russell. Okay, there we go. So it looked all right for him for yeah. a while, but then it very quickly didn't. Uh, I think that Alpine is a, is. Uh, an upgrade, and I don't think I don't mean a big upgrade. I think it's like a like a like an upgrade away from like joining, mm. like the you know. It's getting fifth. there, isn't it? Yeah, the well, alpha, it's an upgrade away from alpha, maybe. Yeah, an upgrade away from Bottas. Let's be fair. Yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the uh, Piastri problem they've got? They've got to do something with him, haven't they? I, do, do you think maybe they've got brought buyer's remorse inside Ocon for so long now? Possibly. Uh, it's one. It's one of those. It's one of those that's really hard to mm. um, hard to tell because you know Ocon's doing all right, but they need to do something with Piastri. But Piastri might be quite good. Yeah, like mm. really quite good. And having him sat about doing fuck all for a year isn't helping anyone. I think they lose him if they don't put him in the They, will. they so. will. I mean, Williams have apparently yeah. been sniffing. And um, maybe as soon as this season. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm sure I read somewhere that they were going to make a decision on Piastri by July as to whether or not they they place him somewhere or they let him yeah. go. And... Silver, Silverstone rings a bell. I think they said they'd make a decision before mm-hmm. Silverstone. Uh, I mean... It, 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 I suppose it depends what they've got what what they've got with Ocon. I think would you really get a, get rid of Alonso? I know the points aren't there for him at the minute, but I don't mm. think the points really tell the tale of he's how he's, well had the, he's, he's had the shitty end of reliability, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and if if you if let's say if Piastri like 
is sort of Max Verstappen, George Russell, Lando Norris, Charles Leclerc sort of level of driver, uh, it would be good, surely, wouldn't it, to have him in next to Alonso for like the last two years of Alonso's career? In th- in theory, yes. This this is Alonso who still has more penalty points than points even after this week. I know. Oh, wow! Really? really? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I mean, yeah, it didn't. He's got four points, hasn't he? He's got like... he's got four points, but he's got considerably more penalty points. Heck. Yeah, insane. He's got. Uh, it worked out all right for McLaren, though, didn't it? When Alonso left, they brought in Norris, and he seemed to get yeah. on all right with. Besides, it's one of those you don't know until you try it. I think you can mm. you can plan a million different things and until actually people are in cars you don't know i think it depends doesn't it like, obviously our plan hasn't worked this year no um and we we, we we're, uh, with that team as well we've we've constantly been going on about what happens if they produce a good car and if they'll produce a good car and it never actually happens they'll, they'll, they'll they but, will clearly do it the year alonso goes because that's just how it it works for him yeah, it's just how how it works for him. But I think even on the Alpine side of it, mm. if you do happen, like so let's say they've got something in the pipeline that they think is going to be particularly good next year, um, is there a, what's the point of producing a really good car if you've got Ocon and a rookie in it? You, if you produced a really good car, you would want a more mm. known quantity. That you know is can might make that car maybe go a tenth quicker than it can do. So it depends how good they think Piastri is. The rookie might do it. I could do, yeah. Maybe, maybe you never know. But it's, I mean, it's it's unusual unless unless he mm-hmm. is unless he's that good. I mean, he's won everything else he's been involved in, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he he's one of these. He seems to as he has moved up series every time he's moved up a level, he's settled quicker. It's kind of it's mm. very strange. He seems to adapt even better when the car gets harder and faster and whatnot. Like a Damon Hill. I think it was a mm. virtual stat man who said that he just got quicker the more horsepower you gave him. So yeah. in like lower formula, he wasn't that great, but they gave him a more powerful car because, you know, Graham Hill's son and, oh, he was actually, he was okay at that. So they gave him a bit more horsepower and oh, he's, uh, he's getting better. And then uh, Formula One, he was pretty good. So. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, man- managed to get that crap all over Brabham into the British Grand Prix when qualifying actually meant you had to try and qualify. Yep, yeah. Mm. I think you put Lewis Carter in that bracket as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, every time he moved up, he moved up, he just got better and grew more and more and more. Yeah. Fanboy again. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can raise a drink to him in one, two, three, four shows time. Why four shows time? That's when the new sponsor deal starts. Oh, right. Healthy drink. Healthy drink. Yeah. yeah we're not, healthy drink. We're not saying which healthy drink because we've still got four weeks. We haven't for the paid health, for it yet. Yeah. All the healthy <laughs> drinks can still get in touch for, for four more weeks. No, Rich Energy. Not yet. <laughs> that's, that's not a healthy drink. That barely qualifies as a drink. Oh, we're going to seem so bad all of a sudden if, like, Coke come in and offer us a load of money in, like, two, <laughs> four weeks out of life. Like, yeah, try Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't clean jewellery as well. I'll stick to me blackcurrant squash. For now. <laughs> uh, right, Ferrari. No, Alpha. Alpha Romeo. Steady. 
I'm jumping well, ahead. I'll scroll too far. It's a du- it's a dual binary result. It yes. is for the next two teams. Anyone see what caused Joe's retirement? Because one minute we're watching the race, and the next minute we're watching Joe walking through the garage, and it's like, oh, he's retired. What happened? Don't know. I can't remember. Got more I did. Interest I... from the public. There was there was, in fairness, a legitimate mechanical reason, but my member, my interest as a member of the public did not retain itself long enough that I can remember what the fuck that was. So it, it broke. It broke. Yeah, some something something went wrong. What, you know, was it um, was it the Ferrari engine? I'm trying to I think it's cooling. But I, I think I don't care. Is he? The, I mean, he's a bit of a like a letdown, isn't he? We don't know because we've barely seen him bloody running. He's mm. had a couple of these now. He's had a lot of uh, problems in the mm-hmm. car. E- either either he's been. Either he's put it in the wall, which is, I think Imola was perhaps the only time it was his fault, or he's retired through um, mechanical failure. I mean, last last two races were early retirements. Uh, Imola, it went in the wall, finished fifteenth. He's he's gradually getting worse because it started out. He started out with a tenth in Bahrain, then two elevenths, then a fifteenth, and two retirements. What's what's next? Out in Q three. Mm. Q3? Yeah, he just drives the car in Q3 and doesn't actually get to start. He's getting to Q3, though. Jesus, If if Bottas can do it. Charles Leclerc does it in Monaco. We've just got to wait for that. (laughs) Bottas is pretty good around Monaco, isn't he? I I think think so. I think he might fucking upset a few people in that Alfa Romeo this, this week. General consensus seems to be that Joe was just power unit shitting itself. Ah, possibly a bit like the Leclerc one, because that was the MGUH and the turbo that both went on him. Well, that's very helpful mm. from a parts point of view, isn't it, to mm. lose both of them? Yeah, there's going to be um, there's going to be penalties sooner rather than later at this rate. But um, as far as far as Bottas goes. Um, once again, gets passed by a Mercedes in a very odd way because he appeared to slow down and let Lewis through. Oh, that's... I think he knew it wasn't his race, didn't he? Mm. Either that or it's just muscle memory. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the ghost of James playing in his headset. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've done it again. Damn it. <laughs> But I think he's getting he's getting a lot more out of the Alfa Romeo than I thought because I I honestly didn't think Alfa would be able to take um, would take a big step. Now I think maybe the, it could be that the car was there last year and the car's definitely there this year and we're seeing what it can do. Last year we had a participating Giovinazzi and a barely phoning it in Kimi. I think if this car was that car was as good as this one is, I think Kimi would have. Would have done more. He, he, I, I. The, the reason he was phoning it in is because he was sick of being where he was. I think. I, I'd, I'd argue that um, it they'd be better off right now with Kimi and Bottas in the car. Team Finland. It wouldn't be a particularly yeah. chatty combo, though, would it? No, I don't think they like each other either. Do I, they? No, I don't think they do. I think they've driven into each other possibly once too often. Yeah. They did it, didn't they? As uh, when Kimi was at Ferrari, I think, mm-hmm. and 
Um, yeah, I think I think Bottas and Kimmy came together a few times. Was that a distant sneeze from I, Paul? I, I know. No, I think no, it was, was Lee. Me. It was Lee. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, well, I mean, well, compared to Kimmy Raikkonen, um, compared to Kimmy Raikkonen, Bottas is a, like, a borderline extrovert. Yeah, you can usually get three words out of him a weekend. Mm. <laughs> Traditions. <laughs> But yeah, I think um, I think Bottas is getting getting a real good amount out of that car, and it, it's it, consistent as well, it, isn't it? It's yeah. not just that it's always had a couple of good results here and there. He's been kind of solidly mid points. Yeah, he saved his career, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you've got a the connection there with Ferrari and Science keeps like smashing cars up. Yeah, I said I this last year, didn't yeah. I? You know, because I think Leclerc, Science, even if they. And, and, and we'll get onto Ferrari in a bit, but I think that car is. I think there's. I think even though they had a shit weekend, they've got. They've actually had a really positive weekend at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it's, the, the Leclerc Science team cannot survive. Either one of them is going to show the other one up, which is currently happening, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, if they're close enough on track to be fighting each other they're going to fall out that way and not help the team which uh, is going to damage Ferrari in the long run so like Sean said before but Ferrari are, nobody... good at do- Ferrari are good at doing that to themselves yeah but like Sean said before there's not a lot of drivers in that Ferrari Academy wait lining up ready to go yes they've got Giovinazzi and things, but let's be honest if Carlos Sainz goes mid-season and I'm not saying he's going to go mid-season. I'm fairly sure he's going to, you know, they signed him to the end of 2024. But uh, if Carlos Sainz were to disappear at some point before that, do you look at Alfa Romeo and say, hmm, Valtteri Bottas did an all right job for Mercedes as a number two. We yeah. were one, two. They were one, two every weekend almost when, mm. you know, apart from that final season. Mm. I'm just looking at the Ferrari Academy and... Um... It's sparse. Yeah, I think I think Bottas would be a good shout, and I think he's that's probably in Bottas's mind. You know, he's thinking, well, you know, I'm doing a lot better here than the guy in the other Ferrari. So, can somebody please give me a, <laughs> give me give me some credit, please? To whom it may concern. <laughs> yeah, to whom it may concern. Vroom vroom. That's still the cringiest thing I've ever seen in Formula One, and that involves like sexy Coulthard. You know, when he when he's when he's trying to be a bit laddie and stuff. What about what about Kimmy's race engineer when he won Abu Dhabi? You know, the Leave Me Alone, I know what I'm doing race. Uh, the race engineer after Kimmy Raikkonen won the race, he was like, "Yes, Kimmy!" Woo! <laughs> it was like the least enthusiastic woo you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think so, an over enthusiastic woo would land with Kimmy. No. no. No, totally. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, under yeah, most under enthusiastic woo. It was just like it was just like, <laughs> oh come on, put some effort into it. <laughs> Should we do Ferrari now? Yeah, because they are they are next. So bits of Leclerc's engine keep falling off. Yeah, turbo and MGUH. I don't have a Is that what failed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it looks like um, neither of them are repairable, so I think he's going to be onto the uh, going to be onto the third Ra- of each. 
Yeah, because that was a new one in Miami, wasn't it, didn't they say? Yeah. So, come Canada, because like you say, Monaco's going to be old parts. Throw whatever you've got in it, yeah. Double DNF. Double what, DNF? Canada. No Ferrari this yeah, weekend. In Monaco? Yeah. you you got to start first to have a DNF. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think... I'm being a bit harsh, I think, on Charlie Leck. But... No, well, he hasn't finished a motor race around Monaco ever. No, but I think he, uh, I think he may have gotten it out of the way with smashing up Lauda's Ferrari. Um, which I'm one... not sure that's how <laughs> crashes or confidence work. No. <laughs> Particularly given just works. just how widely it was shared on social as well, that won't have that won't have done him any right. favors. He did better than last year because he binned it at Raskas. Last year he binned it in the swimming pool. Yeah, but it's a, it, he wouldn't have had to have qualified for this one. It's, a, it's meant to be a like showpiece, take a poodle round, wave at the fans, and don't make a mess. Right. <laughs> I've, he must have the record for that, mustn't he? Like a man that's like crashed cars from such a ma- such a big span of generations around Monaco. <laughs> that, ha- that has to be a record. No, I think I think Johnny Chicotto Jr. holds that, and that was in his current F2 career. Or GP2, because uh, it was okay. that long. <laughs> How old's Johnny Chicotto now? Million years old. He's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for about. I think about forty, surely. I don't know. If surely he's quite not. that old. I would go mid thirties. Right. Let's have a look. Johnny Chicotto, thirty-two, younger than I thought. Wow. wow. He was just. He was just there for seemingly ever. His career really took off, didn't it? <laughs> His car <laughs> took off a few times, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was in GP2 and F2 from 2009 to 2017. Cool. It's, it's, it'll be a shame, though, if like if Charles Leclerc does, does DNF in Monaco, and if, if he doesn't win the race, really, because uh, I think if, if he DNFs this weekend, that's championship over for him. Hard to say, we're only just a quarter of the way through this I just, championship. But... I just don't believe he can make that amount of points back up on Charles, on uh, Max Verstappen. Well, yeah, as I was going to say about Ferrari, we, we've been done for Ferrari now, I guess, and and, and talking about them. But the um, Ferrari's upgrades that they brought to Spain... Uh, were sort of, you know, they didn't look very good on Friday. They looked like the race pace was a bit shit. Clearly not, clearly not the case at all whatsoever in the long runs. Um, okay, Sainz binned it and then had to climb back up to a to a fairly good position, but he did it on good pace. Mm. And Le- Leclerc was leading by quite a way when his car broke down. Yeah, okay, that was because Max Verstappen was stuck behind George Russell for a bit, but. The race pace of those cars looks good. Mm-hmm. But um, I've, got, I've got here from, I think this is hot lap mode. Uh, Leclerc was around 0.21% faster than Verstappen over the first 26 laps until his engine went foom. So he definitely had he definitely had the pace. And yeah. Verstappen wasn't yeah. stuck behind Russell for all that time. No, it was it was... It wasn't stuck behind for for the whole time. No, you're quite right. It was. Uh, it looks good going forward that Ferrari 
aren't just fallen behind Red Bull as it as it looked, you know, in Miami. Um, you know, okay, well, yeah, the Red Bull's clearly faster in a straight line. We saw it in Saudi Arabia. We've seen it again in Miami. Uh, so anywhere where there's a straight line, mm-hmm. which is most racetracks, the Red Bull's going to easily be able to either hold off the Ferrari or uh, overtake the Ferrari. Um, but it does look like Ferrari do have answers. Um, Tired be- egg. That's that's what we didn't learn from this weekend, though, with Ferrari. Because like, in practice, they were fucking chewing tires up. And yes, there was, a, there, of- was, there was a tweet from um, Chris Medland. Um, he quoted Leclerc saying, my tires are in pieces. Don't know if the next line was, this is my last resort. <laughs> Very good. <coughs> so yes, the tires were a little bit crappy on Friday. But I mean, Red Bull didn't seem to have a lot of problems with them. That's where that's where I mean. It could come down to uh, the which which I mean, it has every race this year, hasn't it? Where where Red Bull have been on top of. Ferrari in race pace, it's Ferrari have had that one lap pace on them, but come the race, the the Red Bull have, have had a better Sunday car. Yeah, which is why I think is sort of swinging around the other. We're not swinging around the other way, but I think Ferrari, are, at least on level terms, as that that Paul read out before pointed out, perhaps slightly ahead. Yeah, I, I over the course of the race, I just don't. I don't think we've got a proper read on it, do we? But yeah, but it, it looks good. It looks, that's what I mean. It looks good going forward. That it's. Uh... Well, Red Bull trolled the entire world with um, how to keep their tyres going by saying to Perez that they were doing a one stop. <laughs> and then George Russell's reaction to being told that. <laughs> Two stopper, wasn't it? I think they said. No, they, no, they said one stop. They said one stop. Did they? Yeah. One stopping. Yeah, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> In the, the end, most he... Brit- the most <laughs> British response ever. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. In the end, he stopped three times. But yeah, we don't. That's we all don't... had to do, though, wasn't it? Yeah, we 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 don't know what Red Bull are like on tyres because well, they keep stopping and changing them. <laughs> um, Science. Yeah, he should have been quicker. Well, he was yeah. quick though, wasn't he? He once he he. he recovered well after his spin yeah the spin was the problem yeah <laughs> yeah there was definitely something on turn three because i think it was within a couple of laps of each other the verstappen yeah the verstappen the verstappen spin definitely was blamed on wind tailwind because mm-hmm. it was a headwind going into turn one so it was a tailwind going into turn three because that's the highest part of the circuit it was apparently quite gusty mm-hmm. so it caught caught uh, those two out I think caught did catch Magnussen out as well, or somebody. Somebody caught got caught out by it as well. A third driver who didn't matter as much. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> might might have been Mick. I've got a vague memory of something red and white going off. Yeah, well, it might have been. Magnussen did go off, didn't he? But he had a, a Mercedes to help him along. Yeah. Um. Yeah, someone else will have gone wide. Can't remember who. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think I think science does need to get back in, back into his podiuming ways. Mm-hmm. Podiuming, then again, if you can have winningest as a word, you can have podiuming, <laughs> can't you? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I don't know what the fix is for Carlos Science. I really don't, but uh, it can't be that far away, surely. 
we say that we've been saying this every race so far, haven't we? Mm. Well, I mean, let's have a look. So, so far this season, a second, a third, two retirements, a third and a fourth. Ferrari would yeah, have killed but... for that last year for their second, yeah, for their second highest th- place driver. I think the thing, is, yeah, but this this is the thing. If um, if you'd have told Carlos Sainz at the beginning of the Grand Prix that um, Leclerc was, wasn't going to finish the race and Max Verstappen was going to slide off the track, Carlos would have gone, "All oh, right, I'm going to win a Grand Prix." You know that that's the he'd already fucked it and then couldn't capitalise on it. Yeah, the other car was, until it broke, on for, like, a dead cert win. The yeah. other, the other, like, the, the exact same car he has, in theory. And, yeah, he wasn't there. Do you think there's something with him where there's just something he's not... Clearly he's not getting on with the Ferrari. Like, that's... Because he's looking a bit Vettel, isn't he? Vettel Ferrari, at the minute. Um... Do you think there's something where he's got to to keep up with or to try and keep up with Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen? He's got to be so on the edge at all times, just a little wobble either way, and that's that's it. You know, he's he there's no headroom. You know, because that that's the thing we like we we watch these guys. We we want them to be right racing sort of as quick as they can possibly go every single lap, but. Everyone knows that that's not it's not how you drive a racing car. You know, you've got to drive it within yourself. Um, do we think he, is he just trying to push that for that extra little bit that he doesn't have? It does. It does have a sort of overdriving whiff about it. Yeah. I think it'll disappear when he gets his first win, and he might look into that. Just getting that, I think he's got probably, that's probably the pressure on him at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Like, you know, we've got Charles Leclerc, who's got like, what, five, six wins under his belt? I don't know, can't, can't remember how many it is. And Carlos has got none and is trying to prove that he's as good, if not better, than Charles. Mm. Um, but it's not working out. No, I, I hope I hope it does work out for him. I mean, it, he's completely, completely proved me wrong this year because I thought... Um, I thought Carlos Sainz would just naturally have the edge on Charles Leclerc. I thought he would be either right next to him or slightly quicker than him. Do you know what? I think Carlos has actually got the potential to be the next Mika Hakkinen. And and this all comes from get the first win and become pretty much unstoppable. And it just flows. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not. I, I'm... I, I would I wouldn't be putting like loads of money on it. Not like Drake. Did you see anyone see that? No, what's no. Drake done? Drake had a hundred and twenty four grand on Charles Leclerc to win the race. Well that was a good use of money, wasn't it? That went well for him. <laughs> now Hang he on, are we talking hundred and twenty four thousand Canadian dollars, which is about thirty seventeen pounds. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, apparently so. Drake Drake was uh Drake had a flutter and it didn't work. So, um, no, did wh- wh- why is it? Why is he not um, showing Canadian solidarity and um, back, you know backing the boys? A eh? because he knows he'd lose his money instantly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a boot right. Uh, right, Mercedes. Um, another podium for George and nosebleed territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his sec- second, third place of the season. 
his third podium overall and his second one won in a race. I th- he was pretty flawless, wasn't he, for what he had to do? Yeah, I got a message off um friend of the podcast, Matt Steele, earlier saying... Um, Watching the race now, he's on he's on holiday, so he didn't get a chance to watch it yesterday because F1 TV doesn't work in Italy. Uh, Russell is one of the most precise drivers I've ever seen, like Jim Clark precise. Whoa. That's high praise. Okay. Maybe. Uh, tell, yeah. tell, you, tell my man to go get himself a VPN, then he can, he can use F1 TV in Italy. He, tri- he tried, he couldn't get one sorted out quick enough. He was in, he was in a hotel with crappy Wi-Fi. Ah, balls. The... Um... It was quite telling, I thought, after the race when you know when we had the cutting out audio from the uh, from the from the room before the podium, mm. and um, they were watching the replays of the race, and Max and George were talking, and Max Max said, "Oh yeah, this bit like when when it looked like he'd slipped past George Russell, and Russell went sort of ran deliberately wide with a little bit more speed and stayed ahead of Max, but it was like super close to like having like." some kind of incident accident which would have ended one or both of their races mm-hmm. uh and max went oh yeah this bit i really enjoyed this yeah, yeah so- i saw that. <laughs> that that was good that yeah. I, yeah yeah so he clearly didn't think it was you know anything unfair or uh you know it was it was fantastic defending um from george russell um mm-hmm. I don't know that we've... I think they said it on TV as well at the time. We've, we've not really seen George Russell fighting anybody. He's had some mm. really impressive results, but we've not really seen him battling... We've not really seen him battling Carlos Sainz. We haven't really seen him battling Max Verstappen. There's no, there's nothing previous to go on here. We don't know how, how good he is at wheel-to-wheel racing in Formula One. Mm. And I thought about it when they said that, and I thought, you know what? The last wheel-to-wheel battle I can really remember George having where I was like, bloody hell, that was impressive, was with Lando Norris in F2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were in Monza. And I think Lando ended up on the grass and had to give, <laughs> give, give out in the end. But, yeah, I mean... We want to see more of that wheel-to-wheel racing with George Russell. If that's how um, you know skillful the man is, I mean that is high praise from. Let's, you know, Matt Steele. For those who don't know, is not just uh, not not just a fan of Formula One uh, or you know um, an, an, an eye racer, but somebody with a lot of knowledge of how people are supposed to drive cars. So that is high praise. Well, my take from that, and it's obviously the the best way to look at people is to judge them by their teammates. That move Max pulled on George George Russell where he got him back, I think if Max pulls that move on Lewis Hamilton, Lewis doesn't get him back. Yeah, quite possibly. Mm. It was it was as I say, it was very clever. Mm. Uh, I thought Max was, was, was passed and gone at that point. I did. No. no. And it took him another couple of laps after that still, didn't it? So um, yeah, it was. Uh, the, the, I mean, with DRS, this is what we were saying earlier. With DRS, that that probably wouldn't have happened. Uh, Max probably would have sailed past a lot earlier, and um, you know would have would have been a bit of a more of a slam dunk move, I think. But the fact that it was oh, what what's the word? The fact In- that, the fact that it was entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining mm. because there was no DRS. Mm. And uh, that was it, it was fantastic. I, I really, really enjoyed the battle. I think it was the best battle of the race. Yeah, I yeah, do. I think it was. Um, Got to say, I mean, it was a good recovery from uh, from Lewis after um, getting clouted on the first lap and 
ending up in the pits and being miles behind him without mm-hmm. the without the aid of a safety car. He did um, he did say at one point he wanted to retire. Yeah, I think he yeah. was it. He said, "Let's save the engine." Yeah, yeah. And I'm Bo- really sorry, guys. Let's save the engine. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Bono said, "No, we can get top top eight or better out of this." Yeah. Now, I did also find, sorry, Fudd, I did also find it fucking hilarious that in the pit interviews for F1 TV after the after that, he was, uh, when, when asked about how, how he thought his race was, he suddenly turned around and said, yeah, well, you know, it's just in those sort of things, you've just got to like pick your head up and just get on with it and like and, and push for whatever result you can get. I was there thinking, you, you are to retire immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean... When something goes wrong, your first thought is instantly, oh, bollocks to this. It's another chance to rise, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, yes, he did. He did. It was a fucking great recovery drive. Yeah, it I, was. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced by the talk that he could have won the race if he well, started where he did. Well, I, if you're not convinced by that, how far behind was he at the end of the race behind the race winner? Yeah, how much, how much running in clear air did he have? That's the difference. Yeah, and that's fair enough. But he was a minute behind, I think, uh, after his first pit stop, mm-hmm. um, after at the end of lap one, um, and I think he finished something like thirty-two seconds behind the leader or something. Fifty-four. Yeah, oh, okay, I, so it's uh... a lot bigger than so only six <laughs> seconds then actually he made up on the leader. So maybe not. Yeah, I that's what I don't I don't think that have been. I don't think things would have been much different. Maybe he'd have been in fighting with George, obviously. I think he'd have been ahead of George Russell, possibly. Did you but think? That, yeah, that yeah. Is... His, he, he had more pace in his car than George had in in his. Um, George was George was fighting the Red Bull off for most uh, for most of the beginning of a race. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, it's a strange scenario that had the beginning of the race played out differently. That may not have happened that way round. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think it's um, it's it was so positive for Mercedes that Lewis Hamilton was able to fight back. Okay, fine, he finished fifth, but he was fourth before he was told to you know cool your engine, otherwise we're gonna end up with no points here. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need to what's the well, they just need to fine tune those. Um, was, you know, dial out, dial out a little bit of the of the of the the nastiness out of the car. As soon as they get that working, I I honestly think that Mercedes race pace wise, but not on a single lap. Single lap pace is still well down, but race pace wise is is up there now with Red Bulls and Ferraris. I think. Uh, Mark Priestley was saying on the uh, I think it was the Checker Flag podcast. Uh, he thinks uh, like as a designer that whatever the numbers are showing that car can do, uh, if the fact that Mercedes are sticking with it shows that they believe it's not just going to be up there. It can be ahead of the cars in front of it. Yeah. He said, otherwise, they'd have changed, changed philosophy. And he, he said, if, if he was a Formula One driver and you could give him any car right now to fight for the championship this year, he'd take the Mercedes... The thing is, it's long-term thinking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Karun Chantok said it on Sky um, about it was um, if you, the the development that you can that Red Bull and Ferrari might be able to pull out of their philosophies might get them over the next year or two two years maybe might get them up to 
you know, a second and a half, maybe two seconds. It's clear that Mercedes believe that long term they are going to be a lot further down the road than that, and that scope for development is much more than the philosophy that Red Bull or Ferrari can get out. So, whilst some teams might hit a wall with their development and only be able to eke a tenth out every now and again by bringing upgrades, you might find that Mercedes can bring half a second, mm. <laughs> you know, every other yeah. every other race, um, start bringing in half a second. By the end of the season, this season, maybe even next year, they could they, they could be back to 2014 levels of development. And we might see other teams, I don't necessarily mean top teams, but other teams switching to go down Mercedes' route of philosophy. So it'll be a green Red Bull with no silver side pods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wouldn't put it past Mercedes to do that kind of thing. This race was going to be the clincher for them, whether, they, um, whether they're stuck with this philosophy or not. And I would say that it's definitely worked for them, and it looks like that's, you know, it was the right move to um, stick with it and keep on developing it, rather than go back to... Barcelona one spec mm-hmm. you know there was there was definitely the pace, pace in there there's an interesting article in um, on the Autosport website about um, did Hamilton have the pace to do it taking away the what, uh, sorry to, to get to get, to get the win front. yeah did he actually have the pace to win based on what he did after the crash and um, you know there was there was definitely definitely potential um definitely potential there for uh, at least second with the pace that he had obviously obviously you couldn't tell that on every lap because he put you know he started losing 2 seconds a lap towards them when the cooling thing came in mm. which cooling was an issue for every team this week because i think it was actually hotter than they were expecting it to be by a few degrees so i think they were expecting something in the mid 20s and it it got up into about, 30, about i think it hit about 34 at one point track temperature was over 50 mm. at one point mm. crazy so um you know that was a lot hotter so obviously teams hadn't brought hadn't thought that they would need that much cooling and you do sacrifice speed for uh, for cooling power and it, they were everyone was all about the speed this week because they didn't think um it would get as hot as it did but it's um, it's worrying for other teams when if you know if this is a bad Mercedes and they can do things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not trying to. This this really sounds like I'm kissing Mercedes' ass, doesn't it? But <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not saying they're going to win races or win a championship this year. Um, but they're probably like like Lee said before, like what Priestley said, like they're they're probably better placed than any other team to make the gains to get up there don't look for them at the beginning of the season look for them at the end oh that worked well for mclaren didn't it <laughs> i so still that, that believe was engine, wasn't it with mclaren this is all aero <laughs> i still believe that they are max verstappen's biggest threat for the championship in george or in lewis um it's it's tricky isn't it because you realistically you'd want to go lewis just because he's been there before and he's you know george russell hasn't won a race yet for instance yeah, but but George has more points, nearly double the points Lewis has got. I'm just looking at the standings here. Yeah, so if if we look at the constructor standings, McLaren are fourth with 50 points. They're 11 points ahead of Alfa Romeo at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mercedes are third, 120 points. 
They are 49 points behind Ferrari and 75 points behind Red Bull. With a bad car. Mm. With a shit car. But a reliable car compared to the other two. The other two have had sort of issues. The Mercedes has been quite solid. Russell is 11 points behind Perez in fourth uh, Mm. in the championship. And what is he, sort of 40... Uh, 46 points off Verstappen and Hamilton is a further 32 points uh, 28 points back well here's the thing Russell's 36 points behind Verstappen by the way 36 yeah that's correct so yeah if if, if Mercedes suddenly start winning that could change very quickly and here's the thing as well I think Mercedes have a much stronger driver pairing than both Ferrari and Red Bull, um, if they can get their car together, there is more chance of them being able to pull off one-twos together than there is Carlos Sainz or uh, Sergio Perez being able to pull one-twos together when everyone else is on the circuit. You know, I, I know Red Bull got a one-two this weekend, but it, obviously there was shenanigans involved as well. And how much so, does this energise them as well? Yes, but this is the thing. So regardless of which Mercedes driver is trying to catch up points on uh, on Max Verstappen. If they can knock some one-twos out, that's going to make bigger dents much quicker. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think Mercedes might be too far behind, but the race pace is not far off. The single lap paces might be what lets them down. Mm. Certainly will this week. It's all about unless they, unless they, unless they lock out the front row of Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all about one lap pace this weekend. Uh, so finally, on on to Red Bull. Um, for anyone that is complaining that Max was allowed to pass his teammate, um, welcome to Formula One. You're obviously watching it for the first ever time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things happen. Um, yeah, we've seen it with Bottas. We've seen it with um, you know even Nico Rosberg. Uh, <laughs> We've seen it, and with, we watched uh, Ferrari in the two thousand. So you didn't have to. Yeah, we, yeah. Eddie Irvine, Rubens Barrichello, Felipe Massa. Um, you know, yeah, ridiculous. Um, not not ridiculous that it happens, but ridiculous to say that. Oh my God, how 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 can you let your teammate pass? Like, well, yeah, this is what happens. Um, Red Bull clearly believe that Max Verstappen is the man to win the title, not Sergio Perez. Um, that might hurt Perez, but it's kind of true. Yeah, apparently Perez has asked for um, a clear the air meeting because he wasn't happy with uh, with being asked to do it. I think his objection was more that earlier in the race, wasn't it? He was on newer tyres than Verstappen, came up behind him while he was battling Russell, asked to be let through and wasn't. I think it's probably more where his objection is coming into it. But it's Red Bull. They're never co- they're never consistent with no. the team orders. <laughs> yeah, multi twenty one followed followed soon after by not bad for a number two. Hmm. But it was it was definitely as soon as Leclerc went out, it was definitely Red Bull's weekend. Yeah, Leclerc had the race sewn up until, as you say, you know the, the failure. Um, he was so far ahead. He was almost a pit stop ahead of of, of third place. Um, so it, it would have been very difficult for for Red Bull to even pull Perez into the into the equation. But a fantastic drive from Max Verstappen once again. Uh, he starts a race in twenty twenty two and he wins. 
uh, sorry, finishes a race. He's a checkered flag and he wins. You know, that's that's his stat for this year. The only time he hasn't picked up maximum points is when he's retired from a race. Yeah. Uh, which has been no, through no fault of his own. Both retirements were mechanical. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Red, Red Bull's definitely, definitely become the car to beat. Um, I think Perez is still a solid number two for them. Um, I think he just needs to check his head. No pun intended. It's whether or not he's a willing number two. Yeah. I, I can't see, you know, he went he went to Red Bull alongside Verstappen. How, you know, how he thought he was going to get extra, you know, equal treatment. You know, he was going to be allowed to go for wins when the driver that the team's been built round for the last five years is on the track. I mean, he was kind of signed as, an, as, as the perfect number two, wasn't he, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. And he's done a great job, Sergio Perez. You know, he is now one of the elder drivers on the grid as well, which is strange because, <laughs> yeah, you know, I always find it weird when you, when it, when you witness an entire driver's career. Same same age as Johnny Chicotta. Thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's so is Danny Ricardo. What a year! The same age as him as well. Year older. Ricardo, I think, is a year older than. Perez might not have had his birthday yet. Um, birthday is Austrian Grand Prix-ish time usually, isn't it? First, first of July is 33. There we go. So, yeah, so Danny Ricciardo also sort of getting to that point now where, you know, you start thinking, well, he's limited. Not that he's at the end of his career, but he's got limited years left, should we say. Yeah, I mean, Alonso wants to drive until he's um, about 45, doesn't he? <laughs> his contract takes him until he's 43, does it? Uh, I thought this this year's his last year, isn't it, Alonso's? Is it? No, he's signed, that, he's, no I thought he'd not long signed a new one. No, he signed, he signed for another two years. I thought that's why there was there's talks about him being replaced for Piastri next year. So it's the same as any contract, isn't it? It's whether or not he wants to use it. Mm. Yes. Anyway, it's uh, you know you, you you are looking at you know Verstappen. How old is Verstappen now? Twenty four. So, yes, about that. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a bit painful for thirty-two-year-old Perez to be like, "Oh, this guy's got world championship already, and I'd love to win a race, but I can't even six races into a twenty-two race season, because all the chips are on him." Mm. Just suck it up and enjoy what you're getting paid. I know races are there to win, but. You know, can can you have the win or bust mentality when you're number two at Red Bull or you're driving a Williams? It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I we all we all support the ones amongst us that support football teams. Um, you know, how how many championships did our relative respective teams win this season? Zero. But we still support them. Yes. So, yeah. you suck it up. You get, you, you know, you get on with it. Um, it happens. And I think Perez will be sat down and said, you know, th- this is the situation. Um, you will get a win, but you won't be, you won't be our favourite to win while you don't need to be. Yeah, if if, if Perez is first... And Max isn't behind him, then he's not going to be told to let Max through. No. 
So you know that that will that will be his opportunity to win a race, but um, that wasn't the case. Yeah, as soon as, soon as they went one two, it's like right, it's coming. Yeah, and <clears throat> they ended up doing it in the pits. What the sw- the switch? Yeah, no, they did it on track. I think Perez was slowing for the pit stop when Verstappen went past, wasn't he? No, no, it was, I, no, I, I think it was like it halfway was a, around the lap. Yeah, was a legitimate overtake. No, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was a stop. Admittedly, I'd, I'd just nipped out to answer the call of nature at that point and came back and swapped places, and Perez had pitted. But that's the way it goes. But again, Max sets off, wins, doesn't crash. Are we going to have one? Showing, drop? showing a maturity, isn't he? Yeah, because when he's fighting, he's not as um, not as aggressive. But by God, he was angry with the DRS. <laughs> do you get the yeah, feeling I mean, he's battered that rear wing since? Do you reckon he's like taken a hammer to it? Well, that's a normal. Yeah. That's a normal fix if it stays open, isn't it? So hit it on the top. So has he been hitting it from underneath to open it? Possible. <laughs> you know, then there was try pushing the button once. Try pushing the button after you've curbed. Skype viewers press the red button. Don't press it 50 times. Oh, that was another one, yes. Yeah, or Max Verstappen could press the red button if he's a Sky Glass customer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, I think um, I think a pretty uh, pretty good and solid win for him. Uh, right, rock stars and wankers. I don't know about wankers. I don't think there were many wankers, were there? Can we go Latifi for still being behind Hulkenberg in the um, Drivers' Championship? <laughs> that is impressive. Oh, really? He's in a Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Hulk was in a early season Aston Martin. Uh. Um, no, I'm just just trying to think any um, any obvious wankery behaviour. Um, track limits. Lando losing his lap in Q3. Uh, Q2, sorry. By like an inch. That's what the line's there for. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. I, I do agree with 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 uh, not being able to abuse track limits because then you know what the rules are. Mm. Um, and most like Martin Brundle often says, if you put an Armco barrier all the way where the, where the white line is, they wouldn't go. They wouldn't go past it then, would they? No. Mm. <laughs> um, that's. Let's just go to Discord because there's, there's usually some, uh, usually a few people throw up, uh, throw up suggestions for rock stars and wankers on there. Um, what we got? Science for being anonymous. Uh, Leclerc's power unit. Yeah. Uh, Aston Martin. The Green Bull update seems to have done very little to actually improve things. Um, yeah, I don't know about Aston Martin. It's a weird one. The drone camera. Oh, that's quite a wanker. It. it was all right. It was very divisive. People were people were loving it and hating it on the internet. It was not. I was for worried me. that it might come down. I was worried about that. Oh, actually, actually, what they claimed was the drone camera during FP3 when it went round the corner, flying the same path that the drone flew the rest of the weekend. But you blatantly saw the shadow of a full helicopter, and mm. it was in good quality. Whereas the drone cam was not a good image. <laughs> So it was a big drone piloted by somebody sat in it. <laughs> um, rock stars. Uh, George. Spanish Grand Prix in general. Yeah, George Russell, mm. Max Verstappen. 
Um, Fernando, yeah. Fernando, for yeah, Fernando Alonso, yeah, Lewis Hamilton, yeah. Uh, Someone suggested twenty twenty two cars for actually managing to make Spain a good race with exciting battles. Yeah, but again, like I said earlier, I don't remember Spain being so boring that you fell asleep. Um, just yeah, it was it was a pretty good race all round. Yuki Tsunoda, I think, even deserves a rock star for getting an Alfa Tauri into the point. Especially when it's uh, seemingly a little um, below par. That's being polite. Where are Alpatari? Um, 17 points in 7th place. Only 2 points ahead of Haas. Sorry, only 2 points ahead of K-Mag. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Monaco this weekend. If we want a parade, we got one. Well, we might not. It depends what the weather does. What's the weather yeah. supposed to be doing in, in, in Monaco this weekend? Depends if it rains. Rain. Yeah. Will, it, will it rain on the parade? That's a good question. We, that always, uh, makes, we should, we should that ask, always makes it good. We should ask Virtual Statman because he is there at the moment. He's, doing, he's on a European tour, but he's not coming to the TT. It doesn't matter what it's doing there at the moment. It's no bloody use to us what it's doing there at the moment. Yeah, it currently says rain for Saturday and Sunday. Oh, the forecast I'm looking at says sunshine for Saturday and Sunday. Oh, okay, I've got... Uh, it's all fucking guesswork this far out anyway, it is. isn't it? This is very, it is. very accurate. Yeah, yeah. Schrodingersweather.com. See what they, see what they I'm say? I'm on the Met office. Yeah, BBC Weather also says sunshine. So I think we can take it from that, that if it's decent weather, we are going to have a bit of a parade. Um, it is all about the... It is effectively all about the one-lap qualifying, and... The only way you really lose places there is by sticking it in a wall where you lose all the places. Or having going for a pit stop and not having your tyres ready. Yep, that's not helpful. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one. Or um, going for a pit stop at the wrong time under a safety car. Yeah, or having a bolt not undo. Sorry, nut not undo on your on your tyre, so you, you you then have to send your send your tyre to uh, back to England, your wheel back to England to have it. Sheared off. The 72-hour pit stop. Mm -hmm. Having someone pee in your seat. (laughs) Yep. Who then turns another car on its side. Mm -hmm. Sideways cars are are, are a problem. So if people like going sideways, Monaco's not the place to do it. Mm. Because you will block the entire circuit. (laughs) And I think that's about the best you can say for a Monaco preview. Are we going to bother with predictions? Because... Top three will be yeah, the top I'll, three from qualifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go... Uh, um, let's have a look. Lewis Hamilton win. Just to cap this podcast off and make all those people rage one more time. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Vettel second. And Fernando Alonso third. All right, Wait. 2008. Oh, that race. <laughs> That is that is a slightly retro um, podium. That podium has probably happened at some point. I think the last time that happened would have been Austin 2012. <laughs> I, I think I will go. I will go. Verstappen win. Sainz second. Leclerc third. And I will have... I'm also going to go for a Verstappen win. But um, Perez second and Sainz third and the Leclerc curse continues. 
<coughs> Excuse me. I'll go George Russell win. Um, Verstappen second. And Lewis Hamilton third. Definitely a mixed bag there. Mercedes mm. comes good. If you're feeling brave enough, you can go onto our website, threelegsfourwheels.com, go to the game section and look for the Grand Prix Prediction League. You can predict top three, pole position, fastest lap, uh, number of DNFs, and whether there will be a safety car or not. That was the first race without a safety car this season, this weekend, oh. by the way. Um, you've got until five minutes before qualifying starts on Saturday if you want to include a prediction for pole position, and then until five minutes before the race starts on Sunday... If you don't want to predict who gets pearl, because you can't predict who gets pearl after someone's got pearl. Austin 2012 was not the f- last time that, that Hamilton, Vettel and Alonso oh. were on the podium. I thought you'd gone quiet. I was wondering <laughs> if you were doing, the, doing this. It was the first time they all shared the podium together. <laughs> uh, Spa 2013 was the last time that we had a uh-huh. Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso podium. So this could be the first one for God, nearly nine years. Yes, that's what I'm. That's what I've gone for. Hamilton, Vettel, Alonso in that order. <laughs> that is a bit retro. Um, right, one just one other thing to say that if you want to um, help us out and get access to the show a little bit early at the same time and maybe get the extra Patreon shows when we do them, you can sign up for Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/threelegsfourwheels. That's from as little as one pound. One dollar, one euro a month. I got completely lost in the middle of that. Some currency. We would like some currency yeah, from you. You can sign up for a currency a month. One. Ab. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch, email address threelegsfourwheels at gmail.com and we're at threelegsfourwheels on the socials and individual. Wait a second. Are we accepting rubles? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a valuable currency. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing against the ruble. Um, it's <laughs> nothing just going to get us on a list. Yeah, I, I, I'm on enough lists as it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I forgot about that. Yeah, let's not let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're at it, it's going to be slightly more than one Turkish lira because I think it's something like four thousand of those to the pound or something. Um, yeah, at Three Legs Bar Wheels and all the socials, and individually on Twitter, we are... At Sean Cowper. At Flood21. At Eternal Shunt. And at Pablo100. Uh, right, we'll be back next week, if Monaco doesn't um, all send us into some kind of coma. And, uh, of course, it's the Indy 500 next Sunday night as well. Uh, Scott Dixon on pole for that, with um, a ridiculous... 234 mile an hour average over four yeah, fast, laps. Fastest pole qualifying ever. That is insane speed. I don't think a Formula One car could quite do that, could it? Don't don't think so. Not over um, not, not over, over four two, laps. Not over no. four laps. No, that's that's not eight. Indy. That's eight miles at that speed. Yeah. Ten. <clears throat> ten no. miles, four laps, isn't it? No, it's two, mi- two miles, isn't it? Two and a half miles. Oh, it's two and a half. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's ten 500 miles. laps, 200 laps for 500, yeah. <clears throat> Dizzy, stop being a twat. Right, we have a cat being an arsehole. Um, I think it's probably time to go. <laughs> we will um, We will see you next week amongst the sounds of oh, clattering ornaments. She nearly ornaments. behaved herself for a full podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>